property management is definitely one of those things where you've got to have a good rapport between yourself and your client or between you and the property manager. Because if you don't get along, everything's going to be so much worse. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we are speaking with Karina Ufinger. Karina, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. Thanks for joining us. A little bit about Karina. She's the owner of Brio Properties Rental Management and chairman of Wisconsin Apartment Association. She's a fourth generation real estate investor. Her personal portfolio consists of 12 units and then she manages 135 other units. She's based out of Wisconsin and you can say hi to her at Brio Properties WI. That's B-R-I-O Properties WI, like the initials for Wisconsin.com. So Karina, do you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on today? 
Sure. So I've been around real estate my entire life. My grandparents' parents were all real estate investors. So interestingly enough, I traded at-home chores for working on all of their properties growing up. So I didn't have to do dishes. I didn't have to mow the lawn. I didn't have to do my own laundry because I was spending my nights, my weekends, and my summers working on my parents' properties. But I learned a lot of practical experience doing that. Of course, when you're that age, you're doing the grunt work. You're doing the landscaping. You're doing the turnovers, cleaning out the trash. But that's really where I got my passion for real estate. And I kind of saw what it did for my parents as they aged. It gave them some great passive income that they utilized until the day they died. So it was something that I think I knew deep down I was always going to be involved in. It took me a little bit because I did have a little bit of a detour, but I did end up purchasing my own property. So right now I do have 12 and I made those purchases about six years ago. I also do have my property management company that I started because I've heard the horror stories that exist out there on the forums, places like that, about how bad some property management companies are. So I've really sort of honed in on balancing between knowing what investors want, knowing some of the horror stories that have come along that I've heard, and creating a management company that really does feel like they are on your side versus just on their own side and filling their own pockets. Right now, honestly, I have been so focused on keeping not only my investments, but my management company on the forefront of COVID and everything we've had in response in this industry in regards to that. That's taken up all of my mental space for the past four months. And it's going to continue to because we're not quite done with this yet. (laughs) Sure. So you said that you bought your units six years ago, so you haven't bought a property in six years, your focus is on the management company. The first deal I did was six years ago. And then the second one that I did to finish out the 12 that I had was about two years after that. So about four okay. years ago. Yes. And then do you start the management company before you started buying these properties? Or was this something that you realized after you had a bad experience with the management company? No, I started the management company about a year before I made the first deal. So I always knew first that I knew I was going to get into the property management because I had had relatives that had horror stories with property managers and I actually kind of lived through some of that. So once I got that under my belt, I got through to my team. It just made more sense than at that point to then start building my portfolio. Okay. How many units did you have under management before you bought your first deal? So I guess during that first year, how many Uh, clients did you get? Clients, I had three, but that was about 73 units. Okay. So 73 units. So about half of the units you manage now or before. So walk us through how you're able to get 73 units on our management in one year. Well, the way I was able to do that was there was my connections that I've had growing up in real estate. I have connections. So there was a couple that owned a property management company. They were retiring, moving on to better life in Florida. So I had worked with them way back when I was a teenager So they called me up and they said, Hey, we want to step away from this. We've got this company right now. We've got employees. We don't want to just close it up and say, Hey guys, good luck. Go find other jobs. We want to be able to continue to have them have jobs and have them be provided for. So would you be interested in moving things over from our company to yours? 
So that's what I did was I basically went through negotiations with them and then I met the owners that they currently had. I made sure we were going to gel. We were going to mesh because property management is definitely one of those things where you've got to have a good rapport between yourself and your client or between you and the property manager. Cause if you don't get along, everything's going to be so much worse. So I did all of that. And then when all that was said and done, I ended up with a company where I had one part-time leasing agent. I had two maintenance personnel and out of that 73 units with three clients. So the one leasing agent and then the two maintenance people, they came from the other company. Did you just assume them on and actually qualify them again? Or did you make sure that you wanted to keep them before keeping them on? And then do they still work for you today? Oh, I definitely made sure I wanted to keep them on because one thing I've learned from just business in general is you don't want to have people on your ship per se. Let's think of a business as a ship. You don't want to have people on your ship that don't want to be on your ship or they can't function in the role that you need them to. So when I was interviewing owners, I of course was interviewing the maintenance staff and then the leasing agent that came with it. And unfortunately I don't have any of them left with me anymore. Most of them stuck around for about six and a half years. So I was really fortunate that they did stick with me a long time. Some of the circumstances were sort of out of control and it's just sort of the way things turn out because sometimes you've got to make hard decisions in business. And some of these were hard decisions to not necessarily move forward beyond that point with some of them. So who's on their team right now? Not like people wise, but I guess position wise, like how many leasing agents, maintenance people, anything else that you have on your team from the starting point of one part-time leasing agent and then two maintenance people, where are you at today? So right now today I'm at having three maintenance personnel. I also have a resident manager that manages a certain region of Wisconsin for us. Then I have a property manager. I have a director of operations, and then I do have one leasing agent, but we do sort of hybrid out. The property manager does a little bit of leasing, and then that regional manager also does some leasing as well. And that's where my team's at right now with seven, eight people. Perfect. So in what order did you hire them? The property manager was the first addition I made once I had kept the leasing agent and the maintenance staff. So I brought on that property manager to take care of the admin to get it off of me because it's hard to grow your company when you're in the throes of the day-to-day operation. So in order for me to really step away and continue to make this grow and get it to grow, I had to bring that person on to handle the day-to-day property management. And of course, I had to make sure they were qualified because me being an investor, I wanted to be sure they knew what they were doing because this means a lot to me what I do because I see the other side of it. I'm not just somebody who does the property management side of it. So owing it to my clients, I made sure my property manager was very qualified. Once I got the property manager, then it actually went on to having that third maintenance guy because at some point that's going to happen. So we got the third maintenance guy and then we went on to getting the regional manager and then lastly, the director of operations. So it sounds like the property manager was the one that was the most important. You mentioned that you made sure that this person was qualified and they knew what they were doing. Could you be specifics on the types of things you wanted to see out of this person background wise, any type of specific interview question, maybe kind of walk us through what this process looked like? Like, where'd you find them? Things like that. Oddly enough, when I hired this person, the original intent of the ad was actually more of a social media manager. 
And then she came to me, she had all this property management experience and she'd worked with a lady out of Kenosha who was really well known in the community as being a great real estate agent for investors. So she already came with this knowledge of understanding things like in regards to return on investment and understanding capital investments, capital expenditures. She also understood how so much of our jobs as the property manager is negating the risk involved. So she really hones in on risk liability. And that's one of the things that I love about her is she will just be at times very blunt with the owners and say, hey, this is a risk liability for you. This is what could happen if we don't fix this, if this isn't addressed, or if we don't do it this way. So she came to me as this sort of pre-programmed package with so much real estate experience because she was honestly trained by one of the best people that existed in that area. And then the ad, so you said you created an ad for a social media person. Where'd you post this ad? It was Craigslist, I believe. That was still back when you didn't have to charge on Craigslist for uh, job posting. <laughs> nice. So I know what managed people do. So I'm kind of confused of the regional manager. So is the regional manager in charge of your one property manager or do you have multiple regional managers? The regional manager, because the majority of my team is based in an area of the state, which is about 80 miles away from this other location that we've branched out into, we needed sort of the boots on the ground. So this regional manager, we call our regional manager. Yeah, it's not quite the greatest title because sometimes you hear regional manager, you think they supervise other people, property managers. So this regional manager is in charge of being boots on the ground in that area of the state that is a further distance away from where the majority of my maintenance is based, where my property manager is based. She's our boots on the ground there. Got it. And then what about the director of operations. Why did you decide to bring that person on? It sounded like that was your most recent hire. Mm-hmm. And then what is that person's responsibilities? That person's responsibility is keeping all of our documents and our policies up to date. Because in real estate, especially as being a licensed real estate entity here in Wisconsin, there's a fair amount of pressure on us to not only be ethical, but also to make sure all of our I's are dotted and our T's are crossed. All of our ducks are in a row. So whenever we have any sort of law change or anything that goes on, she is responsible for making sure all of our paperwork is still up to snuff, getting our staff retrained on whatever may have changed and making sure our policies are still good for how we need to remain ethical. She does a lot of continuing training. So one thing we do is we do quarterly training with our staff. Sometimes it's just maintenance, sometimes it's just office staff. And they're refreshers on things like fair housing or maybe they're refreshers on how evictions are run or how we need to handle confidentiality. So she's really in charge of making sure that our employees are trained to not only be ethical, but also be able to uphold any laws that we are subject to ourselves. And then what are your responsibilities? <laughs> I guess maybe more specific if it helps. What does your typical week look like or your responsibilities, either one? So my typical week, there's still a little bit of the company stuff that I'm involved in. I still do some of the end of month processing for our owners. So I still do that. I still do oversee payroll in regards to our portfolio because one of the easiest ways that people embezzle money is actually through payroll. So I decided to hold on to that, keep that processed within myself. 
outside of those stuff, I'm really focused on the bigger picture and growing this company because now I'm responsible for these seven or eight people that rely on me for having a job, for having income. And I took that very seriously the past couple months because we had to adapt a lot of how we operated because we weren't doing things in person. So I had to come up with, okay, we can't do things in person. How are we going to communicate with our tenants? If we have somebody that wants to move in, how's a showing going to look like? So really I'm focused on keeping us on the forefront of not only what's been going on, but also making sure we are taking advantage of the technology and sort of the trends that are existing out there and making sure we are being the most efficient that we possibly can for our clients. And that's honestly the great thing about my role right now is I've stepped more out into the brainstormer role, the creative role of being able to look at the company, figure out how we can make things better, how we can make things different, but efficient. And that's what I really enjoy about where I've been in my company most recently. All right. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? My best real estate investing advice ever is once you buy your property, always remember there is a tenant relations aspect to this. There is this need to have human interaction to remember that we are renting out homes to people. And this is places that they live. This is a huge chunk of their lives. This isn't just a business for us. So there is little aspects of it that are human interactions, customer service. It's such a big part of how we operate. And it's one of the biggest complaints that so many people have about their landlord is the landlord doesn't treat them like they're an actual human being. And we need to bring that human being factor back into real estate and make sure we are treating our tenants like human beings. All right, Karina, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes. All right, first, a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. If you have a smaller rental portfolio, then here's a no-brainer for you. Hemlanes property management platform automates the entire rental life cycle with connections to local agents and maintenance coordinators you are in control and have more free time check them out at hemlane.com that's h-e-m-l-a-n-e.com okay what is the best ever book you've recently read Right now, I'm just finishing up. I'm 97% of the way through it. It's What Every Real Estate Investor Needs to Know About Cash Flow by Frank Gallinelli. This is a book that there's a lot of math in here, a lot of equations in here, a lot of useful terminology. And what I love about it is he breaks it down into these are terms that you'll hear people say, but they're really not that important anymore. These are old terms. And then these are the metrics that you really should be looking at when you're purchasing your properties. And that's what I love about his book. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? You know, I probably do the same thing. I think Robert Kiyosaki says, and maybe it's rich dad, poor dad, but even if his business collapsed today and mine does, I still have all the knowledge that I've accumulated over the years. I still have all my experience. So I just start over again. What is the best ever way you'd like to give back? I am a 11 year cancer survivor. So one of the ways that I love to give back is I love to communicate with people who have been recently diagnosed with cancer or are going through it. I had it at a point in my life where I thought I was invincible. 
I was in my mid twenties and everyone thinks they're invincible then. So one of the things I really enjoy doing nowadays is giving hope and direction to those young people who have been faced with that same awful diagnosis that honestly, no 20 something should have to deal with. But when you do, if you go into it with the right mentality, you come out it on the other side with such a positive, awesome view of life that you're going to look back at the old person and be like, wow, this might be the best thing that ever happened to me. And then lastly, what is the best ever place to reach you? I do have an Instagram account. It's Landlord Chick. You can reach me over there. You can, of course, reach me at brioproperties.wi.com. I'm usually lurking around on Instagram a couple times a day, also on Bigger Pockets as well. Perfect, Green. Well, thanks for joining us today and essentially walking us through how you were able to create your property management company. First, you talked about why you created your own property management company due to all of the various horror stories you've heard about third-party management. I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate. Uh, you meant that you started your management company before you bought your properties, which will be focused on the management company during this conversation. You actually started off to a pretty quick start. And you mentioned that you ended up inheriting employees as well as clients from a previous property management company, someone he had worked with when you were growing up, who were retiring and didn't want to close everything down and tell their clients good luck. So you took over their 73 units and then... You mentioned that after you had your leasing agent and your two maintenance people, you next brought on a property manager who took away a lot of the admin work away from you. And you mentioned that you made sure that she knew what she was doing. She was qualified. She posted an ad in Craigslist for a social media manager. Actually, this person replied and you realized how experienced they were, that they were an investor-friendly agent in the past. They were trained by one of the best of the best. And they focused a lot on risk liability, which you really liked. After that, you hired a third maintenance person and then a regional manager who is someone who's the boots in the ground in an area a little further away from where you manage most of your properties and then where the rest of your team is. And then you mentioned as your last hire was the director of operations who's responsible for keeping the documents and policies up to date. And then you mentioned what you did, which was still focusing on some of the admin work, end of month processing for owners, overseeing payroll, but then also focusing on the bigger picture and how to grow your company. And then your best ever advice, which I think is really good, is that make sure that you always remember that you have a tenant who's a human being. And the biggest complaint you're going to get from tenants is that they're not treated like a human being. So making sure you're focusing on the tenant relations aspect of the business and not just looking at them as just a number on a spreadsheet. So thanks again for joining us. Lots of solid property management advice. Best of listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.